Awesome. Well, great. So good to have you all here with us today. And uh, July 3rd, on this July 4th weekend, uh, it's great to be in the house of the Lord. And uh, so many of you today uh, just making church a priority. There's nothing like coming together. And so we are so thankful for each and every one of you. I also want to be sure that you know that tomorrow we have our July 4th celebration at Heartland Conference Retreat Center, which is our uh, retreat center for our kids, youth, for families. And uh, we would love to have you come join us at family camp. 10 o'clock, there's a service. We're going to do lunch. You could bring a, a side dish or something for lunch if you can. If not, we'll make it happen. Uh, and then there's going to be swimming and pool time and zip lines and all the fun stuff that Heartland has to offer. And we would love to have you come join us. You can get all the information on Facebook, the Radiant Life page, or you can come talk to one of us and we would love to get you connected. Uh, if you don't have plans, Come out, hang them with, hang them with us tomorrow, and it's going to be good. Tomorrow evening, we have a fabulous festi fourth festivities, I think is what they're calling it. They're going to be shooting off a, a legit cannon, and uh, if you've never heard a cannon get shot off, uh, it's loud. It is a, a loud experience and super fun, lots of other good times. So we'd love to have you come join us tomorrow. Service starting at 10, then all day long for the fun. And it's going to be in the 90s, so the pool is a very important part of that. Uh, so be sure, check all the details on Facebook or talk to one of us, and we'd love to get you out for that. Also, we just want to say thank you for your faithfulness in giving. You are such a blessing. We are able to support missionaries all over the world. Uh, we're able to support ministries, including one that we've partnered with in various ways, but that we are going to begin giving to monthly, which is Heartbeat International, which is over in Polaris. And they are one of the biggest pregnancy distress centers uh, in the world. They're just amazing all over and uh, we're going to begin giving faithfully and consistently to them. And we can only do that as you are faithful. And so we are so thankful that God uh, just has you and all of us together so we can make a difference in Dublin, Ohio, the surrounding communities, and literally to the ends of the earth. So we just so thankful. You can give at radiant.family. Uh, you can give at, in the tithe box on the hallways as you exit, or you can mail in a check if you're at home, whatever your preference is. And we're just so thankful that we get a partner together to reach our world for Jesus. Well, as we mentioned this morning, we are going to be diving into Judges chapter 13, beginning to look at the life of Samson. And as I was in the process of putting this together, it's been in the plan since actually last October, uh, kind of the early uh, first half of the year sermon series and different plans that we had put together. And this is the last one that we were planning to do here in the summer. And once I began to re-engage with this after months of, you know, of other sermon series, I found it interesting that right now in this season, Judges chapter 13 is so, I think, pertinent to the conversation in our culture and in our society. Roe versus Wade a week and a half ago being overturned which we are so thankful, we're so thankful that God did this miracle. 49 and a half years of a terrible law, and God got that removed. There's no other way. God was just so thankful for that. But also, anybody realize, last year there were almost a million babies that were aborted. Not, not for cause or because of they, sickness or something. Like No, like just aborted. Someone chose... And that means there could be a lot more babies. Now, if you have been following, this doesn't mean that abortion is illegal in America, unfortunately, but it does mean that in certain places, heart built, or heartbeat laws, like in Ohio, other places, are going to restrict it way down 
which we believe means there's going to be a lot more babies that are not going to be aborted, which means there's going to be a lot more babies and families and mothers that are going to need the church to come and to stand up. The government can do what they can do, but it's our job to reach out and to love people, which means we have a job to do. That's why I mentioned Heartbeat International, to be able to support a, an organization, but even more than just supporting somebody else is what do we do? How do we make that happen? And we, how do I, Pastor Chris, how do you throw your name in there? How do you make a difference? I can look around the room. I can look over the last 42 years of the life of Radiant Life Church. So many kids that have been adopted through families that are a part of Radiant Life Church. And I'm so thankful for these children that are a part of the family because of parents who would bring children into their home. Our youngest child is adopted, right? There's nothing like it. Yeah, I mean, all over the room. It's so great. And we need to step up even more than ever, or else we just want our way and we're not going to do anything about it. And that's not loving or caring. So I want to encourage us as a church to be loving right now in this season more than ever. If you're in the place and maybe you've had an abortion or you, you're in a, a, a difficult spot, I'm so thankful that the love of God is so much bigger than anything we could ever do, because if not, we are all doomed to hell. That's just what the Word of God would say. But He loves and cares for you, and His grace is so good, and so I'm so thankful, His love for us. And so we pray that you feel loved, no matter where you are in your life, no matter what the situation of your life is, and that's what the church must be. We must be a loving people. Last night I was talking to Sharon Kreps, and some of you may not even know, she runs a kind of a closed pantry out of her house, specifically to help those who might bring, uh, jump into foster ministry, or have new kids put in their home, or just people, parents that might be in need. This last week there was a triplets, a set of triplets that were placed into a home. She got to put together whole, basically wardrobe for these three triplets, or the, these, these triplets, and got to give them all of the clothing and the stuff that was needed to be able to take care of them in this season of their life. Like, what a ministry is that? Sharon Krebs does this out of her house. She has hundreds, I think she said 145 bins of clothing and all this stuff, because when all of a sudden you have three, uh, you know, there's triplets, there's three small children, and you've got all this stuff, and you're going to give them just tons of stuff so they can do what they do. And when I was talking to her, she mentioned, so some of you could say, how can we help? We can support by blessing and by bringing stuff to help kids, as Sharon Kreps gives to those that are fostering and those that are bringing kids into their home. Right now, she needs newborn outfits, probably all-time newborn outfits, right? You could always do that. 2T and 5T uh, girls' clothing, diapers and wipes for newborns, really any age, but specifically newborns right now. Size 5 diapers, shoes in good conditions for you know, toddler size 7 all the way up to adult size 6. Just some of the areas that she is looking for all the time. And I want to encourage you that even as God might just lead you, if you find a good deal, buy some kids' clothing, bring them here, we'll give them to Sharon, she'll take care of it, and she'll get those into people's hands that are on the front lines in foster care, that are working towards adoption. What a cool ministry and a cool way to be able to reach out to our world. And I want to encourage you, what is it that you can do individually? Maybe it's when you find or you hear something or you, you realize someone's in need. How can you just stand up and be an advocate for someone that is in need? 
someone that, that is about to have a child, maybe isn't prepared. You, we all can be a part of the solution. This morning as we look at Judges chapter 13, I've never thought of it in this light, uh, in this way, but this whole chapter is talking about leading to Samson becoming a judge in Israel, and he is not yet born. In fact, as certain, he might not be conceived early on in this. Maybe he is later on, but the plan and the, the desire and the will of God for Samson's life began way before he could be held in his mother's arms. And I think when we understand the principles of God, when we understand that he has called and placed you where you are, he has called you into the situation, even from your birth, maybe you would say a birth that was a little bit easier than others, or maybe in a place that was more difficult than others. He knew, he saw you, he called you, he created you, he knitted you together. There was no mistake, there was no accident, there, there was nothing, no problem from his eyes. He saw you and created you and now has you in a position where you can reach out and be a blessing to someone else. And we look and what we just read here, we see that Manoah, his wife, was barren, that she did not have any children we see that the children of Israel were in this cycle uh, that they were in over and over again that we see of sin and bondage and repentance and then deliverance. We see that Samson, if you know him and you've known his story, and we're going to be looking at it over the next few weeks, he walked this same pattern of struggle. But God knew him and he called him knowing what was going to come from the future. God, so thankfully, is gracious. He so thankfully will use us. God chooses to use a barren woman who he makes no longer barren to bring Samson. And then calls her, calls her husband Manoah into a level of commitment that is not necessarily no, normal. She is called to not drink any strong drink or not to eat grapes basically, anything off the vine. She is in this place because Samson was called even before he could be held in the mother's womb. In a moment, God calls him through his parents, and they are, they are willing to take the stand. They're willing to do what God has called them to do because the promise that Israel would be saved. Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you, I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And Samson was in this spot that before God had called, before God had already spoken, before God had already laid out a plan for his life. Samson was called before he could be held. There's something about understanding God's love for us is so much bigger than what we can do when we get to a certain age or once we get to be an adult. Or, no, no, we are called in our mother's room even before God knows us. He created us. He formed us. He was called in the womb, but we go on and we see that there was a training that began even in the room. To continue what the angel of the Lord had spoke, verse 7 says, But he said to me, Behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. So then drink no wine or strong drink and eat nothing unclean, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. Then Manoah prayed to the Lord and said, O oh Lord, please let the man of God whom you sent come again to us and teach us what you are to do with the child who will be born. And God listened to the voice of Manoah and the angel of God came 
uh, again to the woman as she sat in the field. But Manoah, her husband, was not with her. So the woman ran quickly and told her husband, Behold, the man who came to me the other day has appeared to me. And Manoah arose and went after his wife and came to the man and said to him, Are you the man who spoke to this woman? And he said, I am. And Manoah said, Now when your words come true, what is to be the child's manner of life? And what is his mission? And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, Of all that I said to the woman, let her be careful. She may not eat of anything that comes from the vine, neither let her drink wine or strong drink or eat any unclean thing. All that I commanded, let her observe. This training began even in Samson's life before he was born. Now Manoah, I love him. He's just a, a man of great power and faith, you can tell, because he's like, okay, my wife has received this word, but angel, I need this word for me. I need you to speak to me. Now I'm thankful that God sometimes will uh, just come and answer us, even when, how I read this, the angel says, do what I told your wife to do. Like, that's basically word for word in there. Like, I already told you what to do, now go and do it. I already told your wife what to do, now be sure that happens. This morning, I wore one of my favorite shirts. This was from one of the maybe first shirts that Rachel and I created when we became youth pastors. And it says, stop praying, which is not the point of the shirt, but the, is the point of the shirt, start obeying. And why did we write this? Because so often in our life, we're praying, Lord, if you would just show me what to do. Lord, if you would just tell me. Lord, should we support abortion or not? Or Lord, is it, what's marriage look like? Or Lord, there's so many real big cultural issues. Or Lord, should I gossip about my friend? Or Lord, should I be... You don't need to pray about any of these. Now, no one actually prays those prayers per se, but we ask God, what, what should I do? And I think God stands there with his word and says, I've laid it all out there for you. I, I've given you my word. I've shown you. And then even more, sometimes God shows up as the angel of the Lord or as a still small voice and he speaks into our life. Normally, it's not as much not knowing what to do as it is, I don't want to do what you're asking me to do, so I'm going to keep praying about what I should do, because maybe you'll change your mind. Uh, the Bible's clear, God doesn't change his mind, so we don't need to worry about it. And so the point of this shirt, and I really think of training here, of, of Manoah and his wife, are, I've called you to a Nazarite vow, to live that, I've called Samson, he's going to be a Nazarite, he's going to walk in that. So do what I've called you to do. And when I think about our world and my own life, I'm like, Lord, I don't want to pray about things that I already know the answer to. I don't want to pray, should I, when I know I should. I don't want to pray, should I share Jesus with my neighbors when we're called to go make disciples. We don't need to pray, Lord, should I do that? Lord, should I help a neighbor that's in need? Should I help someone that's struggling with their children? Should I? You don't need to pray. Should I do the things that God has already laid out to be done? Now, we may need to pray, Lord, how do I do this? Lord, I need your strength because I'm not that good. I don't have the right words. Lord, I don't know what to say. Would you help me do it? That's a, that's a much better prayer than, Lord, should I help my neighbor? Hmm. The Bible's very clear. And we pray about the wrong things so often, and we don't see God move because he's already spoke to us. And until we'll say yes to what he's already spoken, he's not really going to do a lot because he's waiting for us to just ask him or to do it or to start taking a step. If you want the miraculous to happen in your life, 
take a step of faith into an area where you're like, I know God's asking me, but I don't know how it's going to work. If you want to see a miracle, that's when it happens. You want to see a miracle, start praying for people that are sick in a place where you're like, I don't know how that's going to go. Start praying. Watch God start to do things in your life. Because I don't need to pray about should I pray for the sick. I don't need to pray about what I should do or, or I don't need to pray about if I should do something when it comes to abortion or it comes to moms that are in need and don't know what to do and are scared when they're praying. I don't need to pray about that. I just need to take action. Lord, how? What? What's the step? And then I need to start taking steps towards him. And when I begin to do that, and I think the angel talking here to Manoah, I already told your wife, this is what she's going to do. Now, let's do it. Then I begin to look different. I begin to parent different. I begin to act different. Because it's not about my feelings and my understanding and what I want and what I think, or even more, it's not about what my culture would say. It's not about what society would say. It's not about what happens if we take a stand for biblical truth when it doesn't line up with what the world around me, because that no longer matters. Lord, I'm going to do what you've called me to do every single time, and Lord, give me strength where I fall. Give me strength where I fail. Give me strength to do what you've called me to do when I don't know how. I don't know, but you're going to make it happen. And I'm going to keep pushing forward. I'm going to keep loving. I'm going to keep caring. I'm going to parent different. It's not about all the stuff. It's about my kid knowing the Savior of the universe. And what do I need to do? I don't know. <laughs> Lord, help me. But that's the focus. Not anything else. Not money. Not career. All that stuff God will take care of if my kid understands Jesus. Because he'll call them. It changes how I live and how I think. It changes my job or what my future goals are. Because my goals are not to have power or authority or some great thing. My goal is to say yes to Jesus over and over. And when I do, he'll take care of all that stuff. He'll take care of my house. Or he'll take care of even dreams or visions I would have personally. He'll, he'll work all that stuff out. Because he'll align his, his desire for me and my desire. He'll put it together. Samson's calling began before he could be held. And I think today there's some people that I want to say it one more time. God loves you. He cares for you. You, every single person in this room or online or that will listen to a podcast, you are called by God. You have been called by God. And God is waiting on your response to say yes. He's waiting like Manoah's wife, like Manoah to say, okay, we're going to start living the Nazarite vow even before our son maybe even is conceived, and then as he's conceived, before he's born, so that he can for the rest of his life fulfill the call that you've given. And in their day and age, this Nazarite vow, that wasn't necessarily uh, a crazy thing. It, it wasn't like, oh, that never happens. But it was not normal that someone would have that call for their whole entire life. It definitely wasn't from moment of conception to, to death that that is the call that Samson had. And I want to be someone that with everything in me is willing to take the vow that God has given me. To willing to take the call and to say yes to him. To say yes no matter what it looks like. Because it's not about me and my feelings and what I want. It's about the word of God and what he has for me so that I and I believe we and you can make a difference in your world. That goes way bigger and way better than just our own things and our own way and our own jobs and our own lives. It's so much bigger because God has a call for us. As we continue, even in verse 15, I love that it's not only a call, it's not only this training that began with his parents, 
But there's an experience that happens even from the womb. In verse 15 it says, Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, please let us detain you and prepare a young goat for you. And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, if you detain me, I will not eat of your food. But if you prepare a burnt offering, then offer it to the Lord. For Manoah did not know that he was the angel of the Lord. And Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, what is your name? So that when your words come true, we may honor you. And the angel of the Lord said to him, why do you ask my name, seeing it is wonderful? That is a big word there. I think Isaiah, wonderful. So Manoah took the young goat with the grain offering and offered it on the rock to the Lord, to the one who works wonders. And Manoah and his wife were watching. And when the flame went up toward heaven from the altar, the angel of the Lord went up in the flame of the altar. Now Manoah and his wife were watching and they fell on their faces to the ground. The angel of the Lord appeared no more to Manoah and to his wife. Then Manoah knew that he was the angel of the Lord. And when we read this and we see this portion of Scripture, this is a big deal. This is an experience. In fact, can you imagine doing this burnt offering to the Lord and all of a sudden this angel that before you didn't know was an angel, all of a sudden whoosh goes up in that. That would be a pretty awesome moment. But even more in this angel of the Lord that is spoken of, what it is saying, this wonderful, who's wonderful? Wonderful, counselor, the almighty God. We're talking about Jesus has shown up to them. Jesus has revealed himself. Jesus is calling them. Jesus is making what was barren no longer barren. Jesus is going, giving an experience to Samson, even in the womb, to his parents in this moment. This is a big deal. And there's something about when God calls, when he begins to work in us, when we begin to say, okay, we're going to go and do what you've called us to do. When God shows up, there is nothing that rivals it. There's nothing that compares to it. And all of a sudden, anything that I had to put down my own ways or my own thoughts, they don't matter anymore. In fact, for them, if we continue on here in verse 22, and Manoah said to his wife, we shall surely die for we have seen God. Like, he understands that they just saw God and that they are nothing. And when we truly experience God, we realize that the calling and the training, the word of who we're supposed to be, that jumping in the river, that the spirit of God washing over us, that we are truly nothing. He is everything. And why in the world, May, your word, why would I not let the word of God be my all, my everything in my life? But we do it so easy. We back up and we're like, oh, we'll see. We don't even realize that Jesus is before us. Today, I want to encourage us as Radiant Life Church, just like Samson, before he even was born, God called him. God was training his family and training this process. He, he got to experience and the family got to experience Jesus. When we walk with the understanding that we're called, that we're going to move in him, in the word of God, when we understand that Jesus has showed up, Nothing else matters besides Jesus. Nothing else matters besides Jesus' way. Nothing else matters besides what the word of God would speak. Then all of a sudden when culture comes against me or society comes against me or even a little bit of maybe persecution and around the world there's serious persecution, I say, I'm good. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to stand true. I'm going to stand firm. Not to my own desires or my own feelings, but to the word of God. Which means, Lord... We stand on your truth. 
And if the Supreme Court does something that we think is good or does something that, thinks that, that we think is bad, it doesn't really matter because the Word is what we're going to follow. The Word is who we're going to be. And we're going to celebrate when something like Roe versus Wade gets overturned. Come on, we're going to celebrate. But God's Word never changed. And we're going to live that Word out over and over and over again. And we're going to experience Jesus and who He is. And we're going to understand that, Lord, I may not come to church and I may not lay prostrate on the ground thinking I'm going to die. But Lord, I understand and I have a fear of God in a healthy way that you are so much bigger and better and stronger than anything I could do or that I could say. And when you speak, I'm just going to act. That's it. That's all I got to do. I'm going to act when you speak. Because Lord, you have something big planned for me. And I don't want to get a little bit of what God has. I don't want a little bit of what Jesus has for me. And I don't want you to get a little of what Jesus has for you. I pray that we would be all in with Jesus, with his word. And we would let him transform our lives in ways that simply will not happen. If we just kind of sit back and, eh, that's good. Let's let the experience of God transform us. He was called, he was trained, he had experiences from the womb, and he was sent as we continue, it says, But his wife said to him, The Lord had meant, if the Lord had meant to kill us, he would not have accepted a burnt offering and a grain offering at our hands, or shown us all these things, or now announced to us such things as these. So, real fast, I love this. Manoah's on the ground, like, he, God's going to kill us. This is the end of it. We're dead. And she's like, Did, did you hear that the, the God, who, now we realize who this is, God just told us that we were going to do these things, so he can't kill us if we're going to do those things. But in a loving way, with it, all men, we need our wives. And wives, we need you to be gentle with us, not like you're a moron. He just said this, but just to confirm and to, to build up. So we really appreciate your helping us sometimes think through some things, right? And hopefully we do well reverse. Sometimes that's not all men's strength and we're working on it and forgive us but thank you wives for helping us pick ourselves off uh, up off the ground when we really oh yeah i guess we can't get killed because he just told us we have a mission and we're going to do this so i just i thought that was such a, a special a uh, few verses there that god's god i also think it's kind of he's saying god's going to kill us we are nothing which we are nothing but i want someone to hear today if the lord wanted to do evil or to do you evil he would not have accepted jesus as an offering on your behalf his son died on the cross for you. His son died on the cross for your sin, for your shame, for what you did. And Jesus, God is in heaven. He's sitting there like, come on, you are in. He doesn't want to do evil to you. He doesn't want to kill you or harm you. He wants to do the opposite. And I feel today that someone needs to hear that. You are loved. You are chosen. And maybe talking about adoption or talking about abortion, maybe someone feels like you're not wanted and from birth. You've dealt with that for many years. I want you to know today that the God of the universe chose you. He called you. He's training you. He's setting you up to fulfill the call and the plan that God has on your life. No matter what it looked like and sometimes what it feels like, he's got you. And never lose track of that. He doesn't want evil for you. He wants to pour his blessing out upon you. He wants to see that call fulfilled in your life. 24, and the woman bore a son and called his name Samson. And the young man grew and the Lord blessed him. And the spirit of the Lord began to stir him in uh, Mahanan Dan between Zorah Zora and Eshtol. This 
special moment. Finally, we get to verse 24 when Samson is born. All of this has happened before he's born. All of this story, all of what God has done, being called, being the beginning of training, experience with God of the universe for him, for his family, even while still in the womb. And it ends our portion today with he was born. The spirit of the Lord began to stir and he began to take steps. And today my prayer for every single person in this room is that we would be sent. You're in the room, or you're in the room, so you've come from the womb, you are here, you're ready to go. We might have a couple in the womb as well today, which is super exciting. Uh, God is so good and we love that as well. But most of us are sitting here, if you're sitting here, you are out of the womb and we are called to go. We're called to be filled with the Spirit and to walk in what He has called you to do. And I want to encourage us today. He loves you. He's got the best for you. No matter where you've been, he welcomes you today. Jesus died for you. And now it is our time. Some of you, maybe tomorrow, are going to be with family or friends that maybe you wouldn't normally be. Maybe today, maybe this week, maybe there's a time in the future. God wants to use you to see those around you come into relationship with him. He wants your, his power to flow through you that wherever you go, maybe the things you do every day, that he goes with you. He wants to use you that when someone needs prayed for or needs a miracle in their life, that you don't bring them to your pastor or you don't bring them to church. What if you pray for them right where you are? What happens if someone has a miracle take place in the cubicle at your job? I'll tell you what, I love miracles at the altar, but I would much rather see a miracle at your job, in a public place, where God does something and it's obvious, where someone's healed of cancer and they can't stop talking about it because you prayed for them. God's got a calling for every person in this room. He loves you, and it's time to go in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's time to go walking on the Word of God, these words that came today. It's time to be refilled. Get in the river, let Him refill you and send you out. Because that's what it's about. If there's areas in your life where maybe you're struggling and you're like, yeah, I know the word says that, but culturally or your family, it's just difficult. I want to begin to ask you, Lord, would you help turn my heart? Because your word wins. Your word has to win. Your word wins. And so, Lord, where I'm not lined up with it, where I don't want it to be that way, or where I just struggle, Lord, would you help turn my heart so that I look like your word? So I look more like Jesus. So culture, society, or my experiences, they don't take me away from you, but I begin to turn towards you and give you those experiences and align those with the word of God. Because when we do, church, there's freedom. When we do, there's freedom to walk in him. There's freedom to know him. There's freedom to keep saying, yes, Jesus, you do what you want to do in my life. And he'll give it to you. And we're on a July 4th weekend. I pray that you have the best weekend. A Jesus-honoring weekend. Tons of fun. Maybe a little rest. Maybe, maybe nothing changes. Maybe you have to work tomorrow and it's just normal. Whatever it is, I would encourage you to walk in the freedom that God gives. Enjoy our awesome country. Thank you to all those who, who served and fought and did the things to make what we have here. We're so blessed. We don't even know. But if we don't walk in the freedom of God and what he's done, we miss the whole point. So let's walk in him. Let's see how we can make a difference. You how can you make a difference? If you know someone's struggling, would you reach out to them? 
Would you reach out? Would you share his love? God wants to use you. So Lord, this morning, we're thankful that we get to come before you. We're thankful that we get to worship you. We're thankful, so thankful for your word. As a pastor, I'm thankful that it's not me coming up with some stuff to talk about. But Lord, I pray that, my, that your word is what comes out of my mouth. That's all that matters. And Lord, as Christians, as followers of you, or those that are searching this morning, Lord, I pray that everyone in this room would offer you just a little more of themselves. Holy Spirit, would you lead us? Would you guide us? For those that have come in, and Lord, they struggle with that identity. They struggle with feeling maybe like they aren't wanted or they weren't wanted. Lord, they struggle for whatever reason, for real life reasons. Lord, we pray today that they would feel your love. And just like you had called and chosen Samson, just like you put him in a place to be a, make a difference maker in his world and in Israel, God, I, I pray that they would know today that they are called. Today that you are called. That you are loved. That you are chosen. That you can find all identity in Jesus. Because he knit you together in, his mother, in your mother's womb. He formed you and created you. And there's not one person that is not loved by our Father. So Lord, we're thankful. And for each one of us that's in this room, Lord, we pray today, this weekend, Lord, our Christian life, that we would walk in your freedom. The freedom we find in the Word of God. Not in our ideals or what we think, but in the Word of God. Not in what the Supreme Court does or what our laws would say, but in what your Word would say. And Lord, we're thankful when we can celebrate when something goes to a biblical, more, more biblical look than it was in our country. But Lord, above all, we say thank you for your Word and we're not going to change who we are. Because we're going to stay true to your Word and walk in freedom in your Word no matter what is going on around us. So we pray your blessing, your anointing on each one this July 4th weekend and Monday. Lord, we just pray that it would be safe, it would be fun, it would be Jesus honoring. And that every one of us would have opportunity to have just spiritual conversations with those around us. Not to be weird, but to show your love and to encourage others in who you are and what you're doing in us. So Lord, we love you. We thank you. You are so, so good. Bless each one. Let us walk in your power today. Lord, refreshed as we've stepped into the river today, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen.